welcome to Dr. 3, a Hearthstone podcast dedicated to giving you explosive growth and climbing the standard rank ladder. I'm your host, Daring Alkaline, and along with me are my fellow host, Dragon Rider, and, not this week, Major Death. He is out on vacation with his lovely wife. Happy birthday to her. And we have a special co-host this week. Dragon Rider, who, who do we have here with us? Yes, it is the one and only, the wonderful, amazing Amber Play Gaming member, Itachi. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. So. Thanks for joining us this week, by the way. You appreciate being here. So you want to kind of give our audience a little bit of an introduction to who you are, um, Inside and outside of Hearthstone? Sure. I am Itachi HS, also known as Dominique, 29 years old, and currently reside just about an hour outside of New Orleans, Louisiana. Got in a competitive Hearthstone in about 2015. Got in a Hearthstone altogether in about 2014. Uh, so I've been in it six or seven years now. Wow, that is a long time. That's a long time. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have said that out loud. Um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's been an interesting journey i've had some successes i've seen some ups and downs some hills and valleys for sure uh i come from competitive Yu-Gi-Oh primarily um, so that was my initial game and since then i've just been trying to find ways to scratch my competitive itch so to speak so hearthstone was the way that i found it and it's awesome to be here uh and glad i've made it this far <laughs> Awesome. It's great to have you. Yu-Gi-Oh! is a game I could never, like, I, I can kind of understand the premise, but the numbers were always so big, and it, it always threw me off. Like, it's like, take 7,000 damage. I'm like, what? Yeah, thousands <laughs> on it. That's so irrelevant. Just put a 7 and a 0 and be done. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I'm like, I'm come from, like, I, my first game was Magic, and then I played VS. Magic is 20, VS was 50. Hearthstone's 30, like, and then Yu-Gi-Oh's like, 10 million! <laughs> uh, Sorry if you're lost, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I know. V- I, I, I will say I loved VS back in the day, but, like, I always wish it would come back. I still have some of my stuff kicking around, but, yeah, it was a good game. Anyway, um, also, you know, if there isn't any audience members listening who are like me and have no idea what you all are talking about, you're not alone. I I just heard all that and was like, oh, that's not like gibberish to me. I don't know what any <laughs> what you said at all. <laughs> I don't understand that. Okay, what is VS? Okay, real quick, VS Systems was a competitive or was a card game, uh, you know, like a trading card game. Uh, based on Marvel Comics versus DC Comics. So that's, when I say VS, it's VS Systems. Uh, The first champion of VS Systems was Brian Kibler. So um, if you want to know the prestigious people who play this, I mean, that goes back to like 2003, 2004, somewhere in there. Um, So that was like right when I was 18. So... um, you know, if there's a card game that Brian Kibler has not played, I would like to hear about that. I'm and sure. also, you know, if if Brian Kibler is happening to listen to this podcast, if you would ever like to be a guest on our show, please reach out to us because <laughs> we would definitely have you on the show. I would Brand love to show. talk to Kibler. Yes, yes, of course. So, 
All right, let's go over last week's poll question while we're at it. Um, And since Mage is out, I will go ahead and read it. The question was, are you enjoying the meta since the launch of Forge in the Barrens? Um, whoa, 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 whoa. I am looking at the no, wrong stock. No. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I apologize. I had the wrong notes up right now. I do have the episode 99 notes, but that was episode 97. It says... <laughs> How is the meta since uh, the balance patch? Uh, vote and let us know what you think, and we'll talk about the results next week. So we had 39 votes. Thank you to everyone who voted. Um, 71% said better than before. 20.5% um, uh, said about the same. And 7.7% said worse than before. I assume those people enjoyed two-cost deck of lunacy. <laughs> Could be okay. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. I think twenty point five percent, like a fifth of the people that voted, said it's about the same. And I think that we got a couple of comments as well. So um, if you don't mind, I'll just read those real quick. Go for it. Um, uh, we had Zenchi comment and say it was absolutely better. The meta is much more diverse. Uh, but there's still a lot of refining and experimentation going on. And then we had Sam sees ghost say. Uh, that it was definitely better. Uh, however, he'd like to see new decks. And he said he feels like a lot of the decks we're seeing now are just more of the same from last year. There's definitely room for and has been experimentation. Just feels like there's nothing new, new. And I, I think that kind of sentiment, at least for me, is probably where a lot of the people that say it's about the same is kind of coming from. And the fact that, like, the nerfs happened, but we're still seeing a lot of Paladin, a lot of Mage, you know, for example, even though those cards and those decks did get hit, we're still seeing them. So I definitely understand where those people are coming from, where it could feel about the same. Yeah, I mean, I understand that. Paladin's different, though, right? We can agree that Paladin kind of had one build before and now it's more of an aggressive. Now it's got like a million. Yeah, there's a lot of different <laughs> ways you can build it. You can still build it to the same things it was doing before. You can be more aggressive, less aggressive. Um, but to be fair, we do have Rush Warrior, which is, uh, I mean, it's like a tale's old time. Since Rush came out, Rush Warrior has been pushed. But this time, it's actually very good. Um there's a lot of a lot of pieces that it definitely wasn't seeing near the play it was before the 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 expand or the nerfs. So, and I think priests came up a lot since since the nerfs. And I don't really like. I don't really remember what priest was playing before the rotation. I think Highlander priest probably. Yeah. There was a lot of Highlander Priest. Yeah, so... Uh, the Cthune Priest... The Cthune Control Priest is at least interesting. It feels a bit different. I mean, it's a control deck still, so it does the same kind of things. But I feel like... Um, sure. Uh, what's the four mana deal damage healing... What is her name? Oh, Zyrella. Zyrella. I feel like Zyrella adds a lot, of, a lot to the deck and Desperate Prayer and just like... I think it's a very interesting. I've been playing a lot of priests though, so what you know? What <laughs> well, do I know? How about Itachi? Like, how have you been feeling since the nerfs? Um, I think it's kind of a deck builder's meta. It's um, 
there's certain metas that are better for pilots and certain metas that are better for deck builders. This one's a little bit better for deck builders because I feel like you can gain an inherent edge, especially on ladder, because there's a lot of stuff that still looks a little bit unrefined. I mean, um, for me personally, I think I've seen 7, 8, 10, 12, 15 different priests uh, or ways to build priests and then Paladin, Paladin keeps changing cards in and out. I've seen Cairn Bloodhoof, Moonfang. Um, I've seen quite a lot of cards go in and out of there. So I feel like if you're the type of player that builds good decks and can gain an advantage that way, then that's something that's going to benefit you right now. It feels to me like people who are great pilots can sometimes suffer uh, in metas like this because although you might pilot correctly and, and make good decisions um, in formats, especially like ladder that are not open lists, it's very hard to determine what you do and don't need to do during your gameplay when you don't know all the cards that might be presented against you. So um, as the meta becomes more defined, I think it will shift to a, a pilot friendly meta. But currently, I think it is deck builder friendly and will remain that way probably for about the next week or so, or at least until the end of the Masters Tour. And then um, people will start uh, refining and finalizing what they feel like the best decks are. Yeah, that's I, a really good point. Yeah, because I saw, I found myself on ladder today facing like shaman decks, and I'm like, I don't know what they're trying to do. Like I, like he's playing slow and controlly, but like, what's his payoff other than like I'm like I assume Alex Straz is coming at some point, but no idea what the rest of the 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 deck plan was. And then I found I saw a guy who was running Doomhammer. And was trying to, you know, burn me out one turn with uh, uh, Rockbiter weapons. And I was like, okay. I kind of figured that guy out. But there was, yeah, there's still a lot of the times where I'm like, I kind of forget a lot of the times that Alex Strauss is pretty commonplace right now. So, like, I don't, I, I just don't know how everything's supposed to be built. And the only thing I'm, like, sure of now is I always forget... In those aggressive paladin decks, they have um, Alcatraza to finish you off. Like I'm like, God, I I messed that up again today. Where it's like I could have healed out of Alcatraza lane range, and then I completely forgot about Alcatraza because I'm like, okay, he's spent. He's like he's dropped all his buffs. I'm at six. He's not going to be able to hit me before the face for the rest. Of the oh wait, there's Alcatraza. I die. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, but I, I think you're right. Like, I don't know. Like, when I queue into something, I'm like, I can kind of guess what they're going to do. But, like, there's been so much shifting that it's been hard to to really, really guess. Except for, like, some of the, like, the key plays. Like, in Rush Warrior, they're going to be playing, if they can, you know, Troublemaker on 8. Mage is going to try and hit you with Mask of Cthulhu. On an empty board on seven, like so, those things start making making sense, like the big plays, but the little ones are still um, very up in the air. And I think that's where the separation comes, where the some people find the beauty and some people find the pain. I'm currently finding the pain. I'm a much better pilot than I am a deck builder. Yeah, uh, I <laughs> I'm one hundred percent with you. I suck at deck building. It's not yep. my it's not my forte. I have I can see how a deck is supposed to be played when it's in front of me. Like I forget about 90% of the collection when I go to build a deck. So yeah, I can't, I build rogue decks in 
I skip completely over Wicked Stab because it doesn't look like a very like a it doesn't pop out at you as a card if you're scrolling through the collection. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, what am I missing in this rogue deck? A Wicked Stab, the important one. Okay, let me go back and put that. In. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, damage. Damage in rogue. What's what's this nonsense? Cute a game without it, and then my last two cards, I didn't have a deck tracker on, and I was like, okay, it's got to be two Wicked Stabs. I'm gonna end this game. I don't have twelve damage when I secret passage, oh. and then it was like an Octobot. And a wand thief and i was like okay this is not gonna get me there <laughs> oops oh Aww. that's like uh all the times when i would be so excited about trying to build like a highlander deck and i forgot to put in um zephyrus zephyrus and Yikes. it's like well <laughs> or i would put in zephyrus first and then i put in duplicates and it's like Man, I am I suck at this deck building thing. That is just not I I am not good at that. Which also probably hurts me in tournaments. Which okay. is why it's wonderful that I have good teammates that help we're, me with that. We're great refiners. I like to refine. You show me something and I can like make it better. But you tell me a you give me a blank canvas and I'm gonna give you a stick figure. <laughs> oh man, okay. Bonus poll question. Anybody listening to this show, let us know, like, in the Discord or on Twitter, are you a better pilot, a better deck builder, or a better refiner? I like that a lot. Okay, we could do something with this. I'm excited now. (laughs) Yes, I I agree. Like, I think think it is, I think that is definitely a skill, too. Like, being able to, like, okay, I, I can see how this deck works. I know how to play it. Now, how do I make it ideal for the meta so i think that is is quite a skill in itself too so let's move on to the news this week uh mage normally gets all our news for us this and uh dragon rider uh was very kind to put together the notes for this this week's episode um so we got a little bit less on news but i think that's i don't really think there was a whole lot going on so if if there was something we missed. Feel free to let us know. But um, we'll just start off with uh, XR's weekly AMA. So one of the we, we kind of did this a little differently. So first question is Crab Rider too powerful? Not yet. It's an early slash mid game card for minion style or of control deck. Different, but not completely different from cards like Firefly, Tar Creeper, Sludge Belcher. Cards like that promote onboard fighting and punish decks that don't engage. Are there any thoughts for adding cosmetics into battlegrounds, i.e. golden heroes? We have plans for many battleground cosmetics. I would expect the support for battlegrounds to increase significantly within the next 12 to 18 months. Players love the mode. It's massively popular. We're ramping up design engineering art support to match that it just takes time that that shocks me because like i feel like they've already been putting a lot into battlegrounds and like if they're going to ramp that up i'm like damn <laughs> like I, I feel like that's kind of like how they started doing additional like hero skins and portraits and stuff and then they ramped that up even more with like the rewards track and stuff right so I feel like that's kind of the direction in a way, but just battlegrounds instead of. Yeah, yeah. I know that a lot of battlegrounds players also get frustrated because they feel like standard changes happen quite often, and battlegrounds changes happen 
kind of on the large scale a little bit infrequently like we haven't i i don't main battlegrounds but i play it very frequently it's a, a good pastime for me and since the dark moon fair prizes went away there hasn't really been a big shake up and it's battlegrounds has kind of felt almost back to its origin stages where it was just like assemble a bunch of stats or be poisoned murlocs and and then you win the game whereas um, dark moon fair prizes added a little bit of a twist to all stages of the game uh, and it allowed you to if you were really far behind to potentially come back and if you were really far ahead you could i mean stay ahead and you could afford to level and do some more aggressive things which led to some really interesting end games and it also made games a little bit uh more quick which i think is a good thing for battlegrounds because no one wants to play a 45 minute game of battlegrounds then you might as well just play league of legends yeah <laughs> Yeah, I do. I do honestly miss the Dark Moon fairs uh, prizes. I thought it was a really cool addition. You know, every four turns you get something. Too. Yeah. So it, it's that's been like what probably almost two months now since those left. Mm -hmm. Yeah, roughly about two months. That's now. quite a long time. Yeah. And then you play Ticketus, and then you realize it's not that good when it replaces your hero power. It's like Ticketus was great when the prizes were in, in, in the rotation because you got two prizes. One prize and lack of a hero power is not good. Like, every four turns, do something. Okay. Yeah, especially without, like, Brand Cat. Maybe if Brand Cadgar was still possible, Ticketus would be a little bit better. But I noticed mm -hmm. his win rate dropped pretty significantly once they took away the ability to do that, that interaction with the uh, doubling your battle cries and... Um, playing Khadgar on the board. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, but they did bring back uh, Queen Wagtoggle and they kind of fixed her up, right? That was that was a hero that I had miss, been missing for a while. That so. is my favorite Battlegrounds character. Okay. <laughs> despite not being great and then being too good and then now <laughs> being back somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I think that's... I think that's... I mean... If you do too much with that hero power, it's going to get broken. I think it's still extremely playable right now. So, like, I, I'm i I'm happy to see that back. Mm -hmm. I've only gotten her once, and I took first with her, so. Okay, so let's move on to the last question. What's up with Title Surge and Drain Soul being in the same core set, with one that costs half as much mana for one less damage Going to the class that can leverage its life for cards with its hero power. A reasonable question. Cards are targeted at different goals. Drain Soul is meant to be a, a core contributor to making Warlock archetypes work. It's a power. It's a power level to hold up the class as a generic use card. So, yep, that's Ixar's. Ask me anything. So, pretty cool as always. Um, so this weekend we have Masters Tour Ogamar, and it's got a $250,000 prize pool, roughly 400 competitors. Start time for the tournaments are running off Central European time, so be aware when wanting to watch. So, I would get, I would guess, starting over here on the East Coast, probably around 4 a.m. I think they generally started Masters Tours between 9 and 10 a.m. Um, yeah. Which I, I can't... Yeah, I think that's probably about right. So... Central I would, European time is 
five hours yeah uh, ahead of eastern u.s time just a fyi for people listening yes i'm sorry i i i kind of knew that instinctively going back to my days of working on third shift and we had an office in london so it was like I knew it was like 3 a.m. The guys in, in the London office were and I could bug them to touch hardware for me then. So, Or if you're like me, just Google Central European time now and then it'll like show you compared to where you're at, what the time is. Because God, I work with so many time zones with trying to like schedule these matches and all that stuff. I've been so messed up with time zones. So I'm just like, Google, give me the answer because I don't know. I mean, I just know like European stuff. Like, okay, when I wake up in the morning, it'll be probably be like halfway through the the tournament day. I've honestly never felt more selfish than when I'm trying to determine what time zone somebody's talking in. I'm like, well, make it for me, because <laughs> that's <laughs> fair. Yeah. When is it for my time? I don't care when you gotta do it. <laughs> it's irrelevant what time you have to do it. It's when I do it. That's what's important. <laughs> uh, so, um, also, Atachi, you brought up before the show... You had been hearing rumors of potential Encanters flow uh, nerf. Yeah, well, there's some run about the mill of people thinking that Encanters flow is a little bit too Kalisethi as a turn to play that can really, really snowball a game, um, potentially saving you 25-ish mana uh, over the course of a game if you play all your cards, and then a second Encanters flow saving you another 17, 18 mana. That's a lot of mana expenditure over the course of a game. So, um, but I'm not in the the camp that wants Encanters flow to get a nerf because I, for one, enjoy when cards are good. I'd rather other cards around Encanters flow, as in like shaman cards or uh, rogue or whatever class you feel like buffing. I'd rather see those cards get better as opposed to more cards just continue to get worse and worse and worse through through nerfs because you eventually end up playing arena in standard and it's just less fun when your cards don't do really really strong things and i I like playing a three mana refreshing spring water and getting four mana back i mean that's fun to me yeah no it it is it is fun i don't i understand the like the feel bads of um having encanter's flow on turn two and three played against you but I mean, sometimes people's decks do what they were designed to do, so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I I definitely agree, I think, with what Otachi's saying, though. Like, I wish that, I feel like this goes back to our whole talk about Ticketus. Like, it's strong against certain things, and there might be some things that make it a little too strong or too feels bad in some cases, but if there's things that also kind of contest it and do well versus it, that feels good. And I, I wish there was a little bit more of that, you know, in terms of like, okay, well, if this feels too strong, is there stuff that answers it? Which, you know, I, or I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but like, I, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. And I, I remember Ixar talking about Ticketus and how if they nerfed it, it would not be because it was too powerful as a card standalone. It would be more because of the emotional feeling connected with it. Like you yeah. seeing you seeing five cards get burned off the top of your deck and one of them being really important is way more feels bad than my opponent playing a Cancer's Flow in two and me seeing nothing else happen right then, right? Like, 
I don't feel very bad when I see Encanters Flow played on 2. I feel like I still get to play the game. I feel like I still get to do my cool stuff. And, you know, none of my gameplay was hindered. And I don't feel like Mage is unbeatable even when they do play Encanters on 2. I mean, it's a very powerful deck. But those are supposed to exist. And it's kind of a reason why Mage is not the number one win rate deck right now. It's not the best class even when it is playing Encanters Flow on 55%, 60% of the time on turn 2. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm i just not in the camp of just, like, every time something's strong, like, oh, no, get rid of it. It just seems a little bit too uh, emotionally connected. Yeah, I agree 100%. I don't, like, make things better, but not, like, evolve Shaman better. <laughs> like, you know, buff things, but not too much. A slight chill went down the nape of my spine, and now I'm... <laughs> crumbling because I, I i fear that I, i'm I, i'm actually hearing i'm audio like there's an audio in my head of desert hair being played and i don't like it <laughs> yeah. yep those were dark times those are dark times i mean go back to doom in the tomb and then you know ugh, yeah i keep hearing mortals are so squishy or something like that that the thing yes <laughs> Yep. The Some card that ever. was way too cheap. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't have been too bad had it not been able to be evolved repeatedly over and over. Oh, well. Well, all that's gone, and it, it's it, unless you go into wild, it can't hurt you anymore. Thank God. Oh, I feel much better that Bog Spine Clacker and... The knuckles are in wild. So, okay, Dragon Rider, you want to give us an update of your uh, qualifier quest? Yeah. So we did. Uh, I only played Friday and Saturday again. I didn't end up playing anything on Sunday. Um, I think Friday I ended up getting into like round of four in one of them or something, which is like round of one twenty eight, which was still decent. Um, but then Saturday, I actually ended up getting another top 16, which is so close to getting those top eights. But it went to game three, and then I lost. And it was so close, and I just wanted the top eight. Aww. But I do at least feel like I'm getting more consistent results. So like I feel like I'm I'm improving my my tournament results slowly. So it's just a matter of time. I will get there. It's progress. And I have the drive. <laughs> You're making progress. That's awesome. Yeah, top six yes. is really good. That's that's still a long way to go, especially in single elimination qualifiers. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you yeah. what, man. You you I don't get to play them often, but you let me get in the top eight of one of these qualifiers, and I will be qualified that day. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I know it. I know you will. I don't. I I'm just gonna do like you know what shameless plug here to also just promote Itachi because. Uh, the two of us, actually, we both ended up uh, getting to go last year, early last year, like before all of the COVID stuff, uh, to DreamHack Anaheim. And what place did you get in that, Itachi? I was a uh, top four there. Third place. And you uh, you beat Muzzy in top eight on stream to get was... into top four. I still can't get over that. It was I... awesome. That was a great. That was a great experience. Honestly, I wish I could find like the vod or the video or something. Or something. that would be insane. But it was a. That was a weekend of uh, me feeling like I was really good at the game. 
and I've noticed that when I feel like I'm really good at the game, I'm pretty good at the game. And then when I feel like I'm not good at the game, I will lose to anyone. I lose to the innkeeper when I feel like I'm not good at the game. Oh, you know, I I feel like I've felt like that before. I don't. I'm I'm sure, Darren, you've kind of felt like that. And honestly, I think that kind of inspired the topic tonight. And I'll just go ahead and introduce that. Uh, but that is kind of the drive and motivation to achieve your Hearthstone goals. I mean, really, you can apply this to like any of your goals, but um, I, I've kind of mentioned on the show before, I've really been into like um, something I try to do every day is I get on YouTube and I listen to some sort of like motivational YouTube video. Um, they're usually very like sports or like physical related, but a lot of it is also very mental you know, and, and like the mental aspect of pushing yourself to achieve what you want and things like that. And I think you can apply a lot of those same concepts to whatever it is you're working on, whether it's, you know, weight loss or a sport or a video game, you know, or you want to, you know, work really hard and get a promotion at work, whatever it is, all of that stuff um, starts with your your drive and your motivation and your discipline to achieve those goals. So I don't, if one of you wants to kind of jump in and and kind of give your thoughts on that, uh, I would love to hear it. Atashi, you're the guest. Please go first. Sure. Um, so I think that the what I often look for in myself is the reason behind the reason behind why I'm looking to do something. Um, I often ask myself, what am I looking to satisfy by achieving a goal? Is it just a, is it an ego thing because I want notoriety or I want to be liked or popular or create a social following or some, you know, egotistically driven uh, subcategory? Or is there something within me that really wants to achieve this for my own personal benefit? And a lot of times the goals that are set aside for my own personal benefit and things that I want to achieve aside from my ego are the ones that I feel like I have the most determination to complete. Um, when I say determination, I mean lasting determination because usually the, the egotistical things fade a little bit quicker and you kind of give up on them and you're like, ah, whatever. I don't have to, I don't have to get there. But the things that, are, that you're really motivated to do, um, I feel like I am very strongly, strongly inclined to see those things through to the end. Um, and for me, the things that work best for achieving my goals are kind of just keeping a clear head about it all. Um, I do, I've, thanks to my wife, I've gotten into like meditation and um, just kind of manipulating my energies and determining when and when not to expend my, you know, my excitement um, because that drains, that, that drains a lot of people, myself included. I'm, I talk a lot. I'm an extrovert. Um, I'll talk to anyone on the street like they're a brand new person, but when it really boils down to it, when I expend all that energy, and even in Hearthstone, when I expend all that, I get drained very quickly. So um, for me, it's about conserving that energy and making sure I'm putting it towards the most efficient way to reach what I'm trying to get to. So, and also giving myself grace, right? Like, you know, I I I am very competitively spirited, and if I lose or get on a bad streak, I tend to get really down on myself, and it and it doesn't really get me out of anything. Um, it kind of makes the streak worse. So I've been working on just trying to keep myself up during those bad streaks and trying to remind myself of like, Hey, you know, when you put your mind to it or when you actually focus or when you 
put aside the bad feeling of losing a game of Hearthstone, which is you know, pretty commonplace. Everybody pretty much averages around about 50 to 55% of games won. So I'm, I'm obviously going to lose. There's obviously going to be worse, worse streaks, worse days, worse weeks. Um, it's about being able to pick myself back up mentally and carry forward that same burden into success. So that's how I feel about it. Okay. So we were talking about our drive and motivation at this point. Sorry, I had I was paying attention to Itachi, but before I was kind of looking for a few things here real quick to try and interject, but I couldn't find what I was looking for. So um I mean, I get drive. I have um I mean, I'm competitive. I wanna win. I like that is my um that is that is the, the drive behind it is to to be as the best version of me inside the game I can be to make the best plays I can and to try and um just focus focus on bringing the best game that I can when I'm able to um not always the easiest especially when it comes to maintaining yourself and um tilt tilt's a real thing um i i still get tilted from time to time i've been doing better overall um but and i've kind of i've kind of taken some of the pressure off myself late recently i am i am i would love to get into competitive hearthstone a little bit more but i don't have the time to devote to it um and I was like, okay, well, at least I'll, you know, I'll be hitting Legend every month. But, like, I'm rank one right now. I may or may not hit Legend this month, and that's okay. Like, I've, I've kind of been like, you know what? I'm just going to focus on the goal of playing each game the best I can and still be interested in... um being competitive because like when you get on when you get on the ladder you're getting on the ladder to be competitive you want to win games but like sometimes it's not going to happen a lot of times like you said about 50 50 percent of the times it's not going to happen so just focus on doing uh getting the best results i can for the for literally the cards that i am dealt and the matchups i walk into so yep those are that's that's my my motivation is just you know I want to win but I also want to have fun because you know some of the times you're you're just not having fun and you still click that that play button to get into that next game but like I mean at the core like we I assume most people want to play the game because um they have fun with it and like I I also love the community so that's kind of my drive to keep playing the game too is like the listeners of this podcast, you know, people on Twitter, you know, streamers, it's, it's a generally a very, um, the people I've interacted at least, um, very positive. So like that gives me drive and motivation to continue to be positive and, you know, strive to be as good as I can be. Yeah. Oh, I had so many thoughts, like when both of you were talking, cause like, you guys brought up so many good things already. And I, I guess I, I, I'm, I'm going to take a slight step back and just say one thing that I've really learned recently with like kind of listening to some of these motivational things is 
There is a difference between motivation and um, discipline. And it's kind of interesting because you hear the word motivation thrown out, you know, so much. You're motivated to do this. You're motivated. You're motivated. Um, And one really, really good example that I felt like stuck with me was uh, talking about like New Year's resolutions. Okay. You know, just imagine it's the new year. And you have this New Year's resolution, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to go work out. And you have that motivation, right? Like, all right, I'm motivated, I'm going to go get this gym membership, I'm going to go buy some like, you know, workout clothes and some other things that I need. I'm going to hit the gym and you start doing it and you're motivated. But then eventually it stops. And that's because you don't have the drive to be disciplined and keep that going. That was like a short term, like you were motivated because of that, but it might not really be something that you actually are driven to accomplish and stick with. And that's where discipline comes in. And I, so I think one of the first things is really looking at like, what is your goal? So if your goal is to be competitive, okay, well, like, first of all, what does that mean? What does that mean to you? And start breaking it down. Um, I know a while ago there was uh, an episode uh, of the Coin Can See podcast and I like Oppa did a really great breakdown of like basically working backwards and like taking your big goal and breaking it into a, a small step and like, okay, well, how do I now achieve that? And basically you're creating like a staircase, like that's, it's kind of a reverse staircase. But if you think about it that way, working your way back like that and then starting from the bottom and moving up, like what is the smallest, easiest thing you can achieve to get to that point? And when you get there, then you can move up and and work on that next thing. So really like creating a goal of what you actually want to do and then breaking down all of the the smaller, simpler ways of how you can do that will help you a lot and also especially things like writing it down or if you type it up or something have it saved where you can look at it and reference it it's going to help you keep that drive keep that that discipline to keep working on that rather than just like you know i i feel like we all have done this right we all just say something i want to i want to qualify for the master's tour i want to hit legend or i want to get the 11 star bonus but then that's kind of it. That's where it stops. Mm-hmm. So then it's a matter of just figuring out like, well, how do I actually get to that point? Or what do I need to do to get there? Yep. That makes a lot of sense. Honestly, it, it's it's what separates the, the 99 from the 90. And there's a, it's, there's a long way between the 90% and the 99th percent best player so yeah yeah what's that ah i can't like the the road to something is paved with good intentions i can't remember that but yeah like obviously um having the intention to do something and having like yes i i have this drive i this is my goal but if you don't put it into the to to into steps or pieces that fit for you, then it doesn't really matter because you haven't done it. 
And, like, sometimes... But to be fair, though, too, it's also okay to set a goal for yourself and then realize, like, after I've worked at it, like, hmm, maybe this isn't the goal I want. Like, it's okay to set a goal and then reassess and be like, you know what? Like, yes, I could possibly get this, but, like, I am not willing to do what it is to get to that goal because I don't enjoy it or, like, it takes too much of my time or, you know, it just, it's not working for me right now. So it's, it's okay to go back and be like, all right, well, if that's not the goal I want, well, then what do I want and how do I get there? Because like, I feel like just, I mean, I think going back to New Year's, like I was like, oh, I'm going to hit legend every month. And, you know, and I haven't, like I didn't hit in January or February. And like, I just didn't enjoy the meta. Like I didn't enjoy, um, the certain gnome who like to fling things and um uh finally you know i i'm starting to i'm starting to really enjoy the game again um i never truly like hated it but it was just kind of like i was looking for other things to do instead of playing hearthstone um just because like that card was like the ultimate feel bad card for me um so now that it's can't target people's faces, like, I feel like I'm like, okay, I'm kind of like ramping back up. So I set a goal that obviously I can't obtain. And like, I'm not saying like give up on your goals, but also be realistic too. If, if, if things change and it's just like, oh wait, I don't want to do this anymore because of what's going on or certain factors outside of my control where you just don't like life's too short to just grind things because you said you were going to grind things i mean like if it's your job well sometimes you have to do shit to get by you know like it's sometimes you just have to do things to do but like this is your fun time like so i spent more time playing battlegrounds like i was playing more battlegrounds because i enjoyed the meadow less and like i was like okay well then i'm gonna go do something else and i feel like that's okay but like now I'm just kind of I'm kind of at the point where I'm I haven't set my goals for the rest of the year yet, but I'm kind of starting to reassess, and I'm going to be as I'm reassessing, I'm like, what is realistic for me? And like, even setting a bit of a lofty goal is not a bad thing. Just if you're like, yes, this is, I can work towards that goal, and if I don't get it, it's fine. But I think that like taking the steps to get smaller obtainable goals helps build that momentum to reach the larger goal. So like you just have to kind of set it, set yourself up for success. And like if you set yourself up for failure, then it's like, well, I was, you know, like you can't go from like, I want to hit legend to be like, I want to be number one legend. You want to be ranked one legend and I want to do it next month you're not going to do it. You're just not unless you're Kibler and Kibler's just messing around and he's just like, all right, fine. I'll be serious for a month and just, you know, is a card game genius. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But like, you're not going to just go from worst to first. So set yourself up for success by, you know, making little chunks that are so much more obtainable. Yeah. Man, you couldn't have if you had told fourteen year old me that you shouldn't just grind for stuff because you want to, 
you would have gotten an angry 14 year old back at you like i can grind for anything i want and i was i don't this is a very niche audience i'm talking to right here but i used to play runescape and i use this analogy quite often but um in a runescape you <laughs> you have these it's kind of like world of warcraft except way more primitive and you have all these skills mm -hmm. that you you level up to 99 which is the max and um i always wanted 99 everything and i would keep grinding until i got it but i guess kind of the the theme is that like um from levels one to 92 is a certain chunk of experience and then from 92 to 99 is that ex almost that exact same chunk of experience so i guess the separation on being good and being great is that who's willing to get who's willing to take that that leap from 92 to 99 because it's it's just as much you you, you feel like you're so close because your your number says you are but you're you're really only halfway there and that's kind of the that's kind of one of the things that I've taken away from from just my gaming experience and been able to use in multiple situations and different analogies um, throughout my life. And that, like I said, that's a very niche audience that I'm talking to there, but it, it's something that sits with me even now. And you have to have I feel like you have to have a really good why behind um, really anything that you want to do that's going to take that much effort. So and, and that's kind of where I'm at when I have a, a good why like why do you really want to do this that's when i find the most success and i think i think other people would probably feel the same oh yeah yeah for I sure and and i and to be clear i was also not saying don't grind for you oh, know no, no, for no. yeah i know <laughs> i'm just i'm just specifying for the audience just be like if you want to grind for it and, and that's what you want to work for go for it but like if you hate what you're doing and you're just doing it because you said you were going to do it. Like, I mean, yeah. maybe reevaluate, but like, mm -hmm. yeah, your goals are going to take work, and you know, grinding things are going to be sometimes. That's just the the path you have to take to get there. But I'm just saying, life is short. Like, if you feel like you have time better spent, you know, playing another game or you know, exercising or you know, doing whatever, studying, reading. <laughs> painting anything so <clears throat> okay sorry sorry don I, so you were about to ramp up i just wanted to clarify no. too you're good <laughs> I, I was just gonna say full disclosure in our in our amber flight gaming discord and like the behind the scenes we have a a channel that's called mindset and motivation and you know we post a lot of like different articles about various stuff mindset and whatever it is meditation or i posted some of those like you know inspiring motivating like things from youtube and it was a couple months ago but itachi typed out what he just what he just said about the runescape thing and okay when i was in probably aging myself some here but when i was in high school i played runescape when it was still the hot new thing okay um and so that analogy just like it hit me and I still think about that. I still think about that. And I was I was hoping that Itachi would bring that up. I was going to I was going to ask about it. Baiting, <laughs> baiting me into it the entire <laughs> That's what was That's happening. right. That's right. It was going to happen. It was going to come up. Uh, but it's it is such a good analogy just showing that like you know there, there is that difference. We've kind of talked about this in a couple of different ways as well. Like 
I remember one episode I, I talked about, you know, how you're kind of in these like circles at different points, right? Like uh, maybe it's diamond. And when you first enter diamond, you're like, holy crap, I suck. Right. And then as you get to like, maybe you, you get to like diamond five and you're like, wow, I feel like I'm so good at this. And then like you get, you know, you're trying to maybe face against legend players. And you're like, oh, wow, I suck. You know, and then once you're legend and you face against like a later diamond player, you're like, I'm so great. It, it's a matter of perspective. And there is that shift. And that that's kind of where the like one to 92 and then 92 to 99 kind of feels. It's like you can get all the way to that 92 and you're like, man, I am awesome. I did all that. This is great. And then all of a sudden you start doing the grind. You're like, oh, I am not very good at this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is taking forever. And so... There, there always is. I, I feel like a lot of the most successful people are always reevaluating. They're always reanalyzing, reassessing, like you were talking about, Daring. Like, where are they at? Where do they want to be? Goals and, and your drive can shift, and that's perfectly okay, too. But the biggest thing is what both of you have mentioned is, like, your why. Why are you doing it? Why do you want to do it? And there has to be a why behind everything that you do. Because if there's not, then like, yeah, it just feels like you're dumping your time, your energy, your, you know, something that you could be doing, something that you actually care about. And you're dumping all of that into something that now you have, you don't have a why. Like, I'm just doing it because it's what I always do, you know? And and so at that point, really take some time and think about it. If you have a specific goal, though, that's, that's when it's like, all right. What can I do to achieve this? And I know for me, I am definitely going to be taking a lot of this conversation. I'm going to be writing out because, uh, you know, I, I've gotten several top 32, several six, you know, top 16s now. I always feel like I'm in the middle of the pack when I play in these tournaments. And for me, it's like, I want to be competitive. I love this game. I've played since beta. I feel like I can be very good at this and be successful. So I'm going to be taking that and like, okay, breaking it down. What steps do I need to do to achieve more competitive success? I like it. Yeah. I like it too. I mean, I've been asking myself that why question a lot when I've been playing Dark Souls 3. <laughs> why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> Different why. Clearly yeah. you like the pain. Yeah. <laughs> I just finished Dark Souls three, and now I'm I'm going back to Neo. So I just I don't know. I, I keep doing this to myself. I just I have a problem right now. <laughs> Outside of Hearthstone, the the Souls like games have been my uh, my poison as of late. So sorry, I keep working that up. But I just like you're like why? I'm like yes, I know what that's like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I I just want to ask you too as well. Um, so. I think Itachi kind of touched on this and you might've as well a little bit daring, but like working on your goals and working on things that, that help you. Um, Itachi mentioned a couple of examples, but like what are some ways that you guys have found that really works for you when you're trying to work towards something that you actually care about? And, and I guess why does, why is that important? And what does it mean for success? So I feel like 
when it's me personally, it's setting, like I, I said earlier, setting like smaller little goals to get to the big one because if I don't feel like I'm making progress at things, it it becomes a lot harder to muster the motivation to keep going. But if I find myself, um, you know, hitting little little milestones along the way and keep like chunking away at like the overall goal, then it's it's a lot easier because uh, personally, when I see a big thing, sometimes it is very overwhelming to me. And my natural response is not to how do I tackle this? I, I'm just going to pretend it's not there and, you know, just ignore it. And yeah, that's horrible, horrible habit I have. And I've been working on that personally in my life, um, trying to get better at that, but I'm still not great at it. But um, so, you know, just knowing that about myself and then just kind of um, breaking it down into more manageable chunks, set goals that can be obtained in reasonable time frames that aren't, you know, like just like the most massive thing, like, you know, like, okay, well, if I want to hit legend a month, like my goal is to be here on day one, here on day two, you know, and, you know, and then like, I'm going to set myself up for, you know, going for legend. I'd like to be legend, you know, first month, like say I, I want to be legend by the 25th and then the next month I want to be legend by the 20th. And then, you know, just keep, setting those milestones up for yourself and then just being like you you can do it you just have to you just have to small you make those small little victories and th that's what i found has worked best for me is just kind of putting projects together like that and then just kind of breaking them down into smaller steps so it's it's more uh hand i can handle it easier and that's kind of how i've reached goals the best for me Atachi I need you to repeat the question I got lost in Daring's answer I was actually I was pretty actively listening so um. <laughs> it's okay that's okay yeah it, pretty much the question is just you know what ways do you find that that actually help you work towards that and like why is it important and why does it matter to to do that for success Oh, just towards my goals in general. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I'll keep it. Um, I'll try to keep it compact. Um, for me, I am a person who thrives on being able to see. Like, I'm a simple. I'm a simple person to please. Like, I see I did something good. Oh, that feels good. That's pretty much me, right? Like, um, and if I can tangibly feel it like if i can touch it and look at it and see it that i have done something good um then that that's what makes me feel good and i want to actively make myself feel good i want to make myself happy and proud of myself and i'll be proud of myself even if i don't achieve the goals but it's just that much more rewarding for me when i do and probably the best or one of the most aside from the runescape analogy thing one of the most uh prominent i i cannot forget this so back in the earlier stages of iPhone, um, they had the game, uh, 
not Galactica. It was Asteroids. That was it. Asteroids on iOS. It's the game where you're in a little triangle uh, spaceship and you shoot the little beams at the asteroids and they break up and you shoot them again and they become smaller and smaller and, until they're disintegrated. There was... This is when this kind of started. I was maybe 12 or 13, maybe a little bit older. There was a leaderboard for that game. And there was like a local leaderboard, which only showed your friends. And then there was like a worldwide leaderboard. And I was like, I want to be on that worldwide leaderboard. And so like I would grind <laughs> asteroids and I would play games and games and games. And I watched videos of people playing like the old school arcade asteroids game. And I was like, how did they get their score so high? And I would watch this stuff until I got on the worldwide leaderboard in the top five. And I was like, okay, I feel sad. I didn't have to play the game anymore. I was satisfied. Um, this, however, for so Hearthstone specifically and for a lot of the goals that I actually have in, in my current life as it pertains to Hearthstone and without, um, these goals are so much more long term than just a worldwide asteroids leaderboard, right? Um, they're so much more beneficial to me, to my life, to my family's life, um, to my well-being, to my mental health, to my success as it pertains to my mental health. And, and these are things that I refuse to give up on. Um, so that's just kind of my why. I just like to I, I'm very much coming from a place being a person who did everything for the sake of someone else. And this is kind of the. This is kind of the pinnacle of me doing things for me because me succeeding at Hearthstone almost exclusively benefits me for now, at least um, until that unless that becomes something else, a career or something else, which I'm not stopping Dean XR. Hello. Um, but yeah, that's that's just kind of my my place in life right now. I want to do things for me that that benefit me, that please me, that that cater to the young version of me who could look at me now and go god that guy's cool that like that's what i want to do uh that's who I, I i like and i look up to and i can you know look back at the older version of myself and say like you're safe to do that you know coming coming up as a as a young african-american kid in a school where it's easy to get f made fun of for you know being a nerd or playing games or I mean, it wasn't until I was in college that most of the people that I knew my whole life found out that I played Yu-Gi-Oh. No one, almost no one in my high school knew, you know, this, me, this guy on the football team and, you know, plays basketball also on the chess team, but whatever. Um, I had, I felt like I had to hide that and I don't feel like I have to hide it anymore. I can, I can make a Twitter account dedicated to my Hearthstone. I can tell all the people I know that I'm streaming on Twitch, playing video games and, and it's just okay which is kind of a, a, a little bit of the way that the world is leaning, but it's also more of a, I feel safe being me and I want to please the, the child in me that says, I just want to be me and is just screaming to be himself to everyone he knows that he feels will disapprove. Man, that, that hits me kind of hard actually, because uh, I recently realized about myself that like in every like, whether it was a romantic relationship, a friendship, even employment, I have always been the person who, like, I will roll over. I will change myself, mold myself to whatever, you know, is needed from the other person or, or the employer or whatever. And and I've, like, I grew up being like that. I've been like that. And 
I feel like that's also a huge reason why I never found enjoyment in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of, kind of like what you were mentioning earlier, Daring. It's like just doing it for the sake of doing it and you freaking hate it. That was me for like everything. Until, honestly, like until I found Hearthstone and I really started to like, I wanted to do it for me. Like I wanted to hit Legend. I hit Legend for the first time before I ever really like started streaming or cared about streaming. I just, I saw those tournaments and, you know, I kind of learned and I listened to a crap ton of Hearthstone podcasts. And like, for me, it was like, I want to do that. I can do that. And then I, I started doing it and I did it. I hit legend and it was like, I hit legend. Okay. I want to do that again. And then I did it. And like, that was for me. That wasn't for anybody else. That wasn't, that was before I cared about social media and like all that stuff. So that wasn't even to post, you know, look what I did or, or to do it on stream or anything like that. I mean, I still remember also the first time I hit legend on stream, like that was another big thing. It felt like doing it for the first time all over again, but finding those things, like that's the why, right? Like, Hey, I want to do this for me. I want to do this because it's something I think is cool mm-hmm. or because I want to feel some value about myself and not do it because everyone else says I should. You know, and, and that it leads into a lot of other discussions, but you know, that's, that's also why, like, I hate when people are like, oh, dumpster legend or this or that, like, well, you know, somebody's goal might just be to get legend and that's a cool, awesome thing for them. So like, let them have that. Can I, uh, do you guys, I, I know that I'm a, like a guest host here, but do you guys mind if I do something real quick? It's just a, it'll take two seconds. Okay. Let's do it. Go ahead. All right. So pending uh, everyone listening, everyone who's listening, listening to the most recent discussion we've just had, I'd like to reintroduce this podcast. Hello. Welcome to Doctor 3, a uh, therapy podcast designed to give you explosive growth in your mental health and uh, climbing up your inner childhood workings. Uh, I am your guest, Itachi, along with the real hosts, Dragon Rider and Daring Alkaline. How are you guys today? Wow, well, I'm okay. doing okay. Doing okay. I'm pretty good. I'm great. You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I, I, I know. I'm so, I like. I feel kind of bad because I do like. I also, you know, we're continuing with the therapy thing. I, I tend to also like put myself, like, in what I'm doing and thinking onto other people a lot. Too. I project. Oh yeah. A lot. I do that. Uh, but but you know it's. I also share that kind of stuff because I know that I'm not the only one struggling with stuff. And a lot of times, especially if there's other people, like people like to just hold it in or they, they get told by society that sharing those kind of things are bad. Don't talk about that stuff. Don't, you know, don't share negative things or don't do it. And then they just don't want to share anything ever. And they, it's like that, that's not good either. So like, I hope that people want to share that stuff. But yes, okay. Yeah. Sorry. So, Somebody else go. <laughs> I think that's gonna, I mean, that kind of wraps up the topic. Although if you want to talk classic arcade games, I'd be more than happy to do that. <laughs> I'm, I, as I look over at my Neo Geo MVS cabinet right off screen, so. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I am, 
I'm an arcade nerd, so like you when you say asteroids, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I like I know asteroids really well. It's I, I can see the the cabinet in my head, vector monitor, like I yeah, <laughs> I can nerd out of an arcade game. It's all so. there. Oh yeah, God, uh, I am. Although I am more of a '90s arcade kid, like uh, SNK was like my like jam, and then like okay, Capcom. Like Super Turbo, Street Fighter Two Super Turbo is like one of my favorite games of all time. You know, I definitely played some Capcom vs SNK myself. Ah, a very good game. Very both. Of, I like. I liked them a lot. So, anyways, let us wrap up and go into uh, uh, the poll question. But first, uh, just a reminder: we are doing episode one hundred live next week, May fourth, twenty twenty one at 5.30 p.m. PDT, 8.30 p.m. EDT. You can submit any comments and well wishes in our Twitter. You can email us or you can send it um, in the Discord channel we have for comments. And that's going to be streamed on my channel. Yes. Um, so we'll get to that in a minute, but I don't know if we've like clarified that. But yeah, we, we have as mentioned. As a reminder, that is... Okay. Yep. Yeah, so it's not going to be on some like special Doctor 3 channel or anything. Yeah, we don't. That'll just be on my yeah, channel. Yeah, there's no Doctor 3 Twitch. It's just, we'll just do it in Dragon Riders. So makes the most sense. Um, So the poll question uh, for this week is what is your biggest HS goal? Is it reaching legend, competitive success, play for the most fun? Or other, please leave us a comment if you select other. Or leave us a comment regardless. That is also fine. Um, <laughs> Alright. And um, to wrap things up, you can find the show on Twitter at Dr3HS. You can email the show at Dr3HS at gmail.com. If you want to leave us a comment for our 100th episode, you can reach us at either one of those. Or you can find me on Twitter at Daring Alkaline, and that is also twitch.tv forward slash Daring Alkaline. Dragon Rider? Uh, let's see. You can find me on Twitter at DonnieDK. That's D-A-W-N-I-E-D-K. And streaming uh, like six days a week, pretty much starting at 10 a.m. most days, uh, Mountain Time. That is twitch.tv slash DK. And find me all over the place in the Aspirant series. Uh, I am the director of casting and production, so kind of leading all of that. And, uh, you know, also... Itachi is one of the casters. Make sure that you follow and watch those broadcasts and check out Itachi's casting because it's got to be sweet. Nice. Okay. I'm done. Okay. And Itachi, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitch and on Twitter at Itachi underscore HS. Uh, you can also find me alongside Mancrick looking for my wife. <laughs> it's, that's great. That's very good. All right. Um, you have a wonderful wife. Yeah. I haven't met her yet, but. My few interactions with her have been wonderful. She's pretty awesome. Awesome. Hey, guys. Thanks. Thank you again for tuning in. Uh, Tachi, thank you for uh, stopping by this evening and filling in for Major Death. He is irreplaceable, but you did a very, very wonderful job taking his spot this evening. Um, And as always, you guys have been listening to Dr. Three. 
I guess since Maze is not here, someone forgot to set off. Boom. 